Hi, my name is Christy Lee. Welcome to the Praise and Worship Podcast. My very special guest this time is Kristen Brewer, writer and producer of Sight and Sound Theater's production of Queen Esther. In addition to that, she's launched Scene Collective, using original music to tell the stories of women in the Bible and the God who saw them. You're going to get to hear Kristen share the heart behind Scene Collective, who's involved, what they're up to, what a performance is like, and also talk about the stories behind some of the characters and songs that they've inspired. And by the way, listen through to the end for a little tambourine talk. Kristen played it live for one of the songs, and she shares about that experience. It's totally delightful. So here we go. It's Kristen Brewer on the Praise and Worship podcast. Hi, my name is Christy Lee. Thanks for tuning in. We're doing another episode of the Praise and Worship podcast. And this time, my very special guest is Kristen Brewer. Hey, Kristen. Hey. So around here in central Pennsylvania, uh, Kristen is involved in some really cool things. I think the first thing that we got to talk about is her involvement at Sight and Sound, because if you do the long form introduction of Kristen Brewer, it includes all these really cool things. I'm going to do it, Kristen. Here we go. A professional singer and actress and director and playwright and lyricist, which I think is really cool, screenwriter and artistic consultant. I know she does some vocal coaching and some other things too. So that is a that is a fun list of things that you do, right? Thanks, I think so, I like it. <laughs> I saw you went to Belmont in yeah. uh, Tennessee. Uh-huh, And right. some people might not be aware that that's, Belmont University is where a lot of people involved in, especially the Christian music scene yeah. industry, where they go, whether they're involved in actually uh, making the music or marketing the music. So yeah. uh, I'm sure that that in and of itself could be an entire episode of your <laughs> experience there. But uh, one of the things that we've been really enjoying lately at Sight and Sound is Esther. Tell everybody about your involvement in that production. Yeah, Queen Esther. So um, the producer and the director um, and uh, is Dan Deal. So we were paired together to work on it. So he's the producer of the show and I was the lead writer on the show. So wrote the script and the lyrics. And okay. then um, we weren't really sure like musically the direction we were going to go. But um, I had I wrote some of the music for Jesus. And so we were like, well, maybe I'll have something to do with that. But um, it was actually really cool because we were thinking through composers and speaking of Belmont, one of my uh, one of my dear friends from school, she had just moved back to Nashville after living in L.A. Um, and doing a bunch of film scoring. And uh, she yeah, she was kind of like, OK, what's next step? What do I feel like doing next? And I was like, how do you feel about writing a musical with me? And so she was game and her name is Aiden Davis. She's awesome. So anyway, roped her in. And so, yeah, wrote the script and um, wrote the music with Aiden. And yeah, she she's on stage. She's been on stage for the past two years. I directed it this past year. Um, so it's really special. Really special. I'm sure in the ways that you were intentional, I think one of the the curveballs that actually made the production, at least from my side of the curtain, um, extra special was that Esther released during the pandemic. And yeah. so the first time I saw it was when it was on TV, like broadcasting live from sight and sound. There was this massive, uh, really cool television premiere of the whole thing. And then later I got to see it on stage after yeah. my tickets were, um, <laughs> we had <laughs> tickets and then, you know, there had to be like a, a I don't know what exactly the term was. 
they had to be rescheduled, like right. a lot of other yeah. things through all of this process. Um, and then we did finally get to see it, but seeing it first on TV and then seeing it on stage was new. Yeah. So timing, um, yeah. what Esther is known for, for such a time as this. Oh, it's wild. Like I think to sit there and, you know, you, you know that you're, you're asking the Lord to help you. you. You're trying to hold all of your, you know, creativity like this and going more just like, just bless it. You know, I think it was Bach used to write like Jesus help on the top of every page. And on the bottom, it was, thank you, God. And I'm like, I try to like live that. I'm like Jesus help. Thank you, God. Yes. You know, it was but like, just to see, just to see how incredible the timing actually was and the themes in the show that just arose, you know, um, just from spending time with the Lord trying to let that translate into the script. And, you know, a major message of Esther is you're not alone. And it was a time where people all over the world were feeling the loneliest that they probably ever had. And I just couldn't, I, it honestly shook me, um, the, the amount of like relevance, you know, it was crazy. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, great job on that. I mean, the music is wonderful. I don't even know how you start to go about coming up with the melodies and, you know, in, in the Old Testament, a lot, people broke out into song, kind of like a whole Disney situation, right? Yeah. Like, and it's, so it's not really far-fetched because I mean, like Miriam breaks out into song, she's got a tambourine. This happens and here's the song they sang, right? Yeah. So Esther isn't the only uh, female biblical character that Kristen has been delving into and writing songs for. And this is what I really want to talk about. The latest exciting thing that Kristen is up to is the Scene Collective. So Kristen, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, yeah. So we tell um, the stories of the women in the Bible through original music. So I write the songs um, and then Aiden Davis has really come alongside and helped arrange them. So she's my writing partner for Esther as well. Um, Mariah Keener's contributed a lot musically. Melissa Brune, she's a cellist. She comes in and she brings like the coolest flavor to all of this music. Uh, she's, she's just nuts. Um, and Jacqueline Sousa Harnish is like one of my best friends and we used to perform together over at Sight and Sound. She's also one of my favorite singers. So I roped her in and she sings the songs. Um, and then my sister-in-law, Natalie Moyer, she actually lives in Dallas, um, but she'll join us. And she's been there from like the absolute infancy stages. I've been like, what would you think if I like started writing? And she was like, I think that's really cool. So she's been a supporter from the beginning, helping even like figure out harmonies early on. So she joins us too to sing and it's, yeah, it's really special. It's a little sisterhood. So how and when did the Scene Collective start? When did you start getting into the yeah. idea of writing songs for these characters? Yeah, well, but even before I started writing for Sight and Sound, um, I was asked to, I, I was writing original content for a while. Um, and actually Jacqueline's husband, Josh Harnish, who works at Victory Church, um, he was doing these living room Christmas concerts. And he, some of us would come along and like sing with him. And he was like, hey, how would you feel about writing an original Christmas song? And I was like, and it could have been about anything, but um, uh, one of those biblical stories that was standing out to me a lot at the time was Mary and Elizabeth. And it just, it just blew my mind the more that I dove into it, how in the middle of this like massive global plot line, God was tender and sensitive enough to say, hey, I'm going to put these two women who are literally the only two people in the world that could possibly understand what the other one is going through. I'm going to give them a season together. And so they can be encouraged and be believed and worship me together. And I was like, 
That is because literally Gabriel's like, you are going to bear the savior of the world. By the way, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant. You have somewhere to go. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I ad-libbed a little paraphrase, um, but essentially like, that's what it is. It's like, side note, really key bit of information for your personal life today to help you get through this journey. Um, And so just the personal, you know, the intimacy of God in that moment, um, it's just, just really stuck out to me. So I wrote a duet for Jacqueline and I to sing together specifically, and it's called The One Who Believes, and it's um, Mary and Elizabeth. It's a duet for them. I had a lot of fun. I was like, what if what if I did this for more? And I had no idea what we were going to do, who was going to sing what, other than Jacqueline singing that duet with me. Um, and then there was a, a, a Christmas event that came up a couple of years later. At this point, I'd written the songs. I had no idea what I was going to do with them. Um, they were like, hey, can you just put any kind of event together for us? And I was like, I sure can. <laughs> so, so I roped in Natalie at that point. Um, Melissa hadn't joined us yet, but Aiden had been on board for a little while helping me um, finish out the songs. And um, yeah, Natalie and Jacqueline and Mariah. I invited Mariah in and we all just did it. And we said, hey, we like this. Let's keep let's keep doing it. So, yeah. I love the idea of thinking about these biblical women, you know, in a in a real way. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a grown up now. I have a family. I have a son. I've been through some mountains and valleys. And so now when I look at the characters that I learned about, you know, in the church when I was a little kid, now yeah. it's like, okay, wow. Yep their stories really come to life. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it takes them off the felt board. Yeah. And like, Oh yeah. Like this was a person. These were people like you and me with feelings and thoughts and questions and doubts and fears. And ultimately like whatever their circumstances were, um, I mean, for our first series, it's seen in the line. So we're focusing right now on the women in the bloodline of Jesus. That's our first album. But um, all of these women ultimately chose faithfulness. Um, even when they had literally every excuse not to. Um, and that, that's, that's ultimately why they were chosen to be in God's family. The women in the bloodline of Jesus. So a lot of people at the beginning of the year, they might start out on a journey to read the whole Bible, right? Yeah. And you start reading the whole Bible and you realize no one is close to perfect. <laughs> no. There's some, no. there's some crazy stuff and also this preservation of the bloodline of Jesus, even when it gets down to just a few people. I mean, it's it's really wild. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the characters involved for the people who, who might yeah. not remember who's involved in, in that, the women of it. Yeah, well, we go from, um, let's see if I can do this. <laughs> Sometimes I get the order mixed up, but we start with Eve, who everybody pretty much knows Eve. We also do a song for Noah's wife, um, which is one of my favorites. It's like not someone you think about, but she's the matriarch of that family. Like she helped, you know, essentially repopulate the world. Like she she was married to a faithful man. And you can assume if that man is choosing a wife, he's going to choose a faithful woman. Um, and she went through with it. She believed God and and did everything she was supposed to. So you can tell so much about her just by the events alone. Um, there's Sarah, who we know a lot about. Um, there's Rebecca, who I'm, I'm a little, I'm a bit of a defender of Rebecca. I feel like she gets a bad rap um, as like tricky and like maybe she made a poor choice. But anyway, all you have to do is listen to the song and you'll know exactly like 
my perspective. Um, but it's more, she's actually one of the only women who heard directly from God. She said, there are these babies wrestling in my womb. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm going to die because physically this is awful. And so she said, I'm talking to him. Like she didn't go through Isaac's like, she said, Lord, what is happening? And he answered her. He said the younger is going to serve or the older is going to serve the younger. Um, and so she lives her whole life knowing exactly what's going to happen, what God wants from these boys. And then she sees her husband like, don't care. I like how he cooks. And she's like, what do I do? Like, and how many of us have been in that situation where we're like, we know what the right thing to do is. And it's really hard to wait on God. So we take it into our own hands and things maybe get messier than they were supposed to be. I just think it's gray. It's more gray than she's um, painted, if that makes sense. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> well, I, think, I think that makes sense uh -huh. about so many of the women in the Bible. And yeah. I love that you're coming to almost the defense because now there, I do have like a defense for for so many of them. Yes. The rap that they get, I feel like oh. might not be fair. <laughs> no, it's 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 not. And, and here's the deal. Like, it's not just... Um, we're not having to get creative about interpreting the Bible. It's on the page. The story is what the story is. And you can connect the dots for yourself a lot. If you just take a second and put yourself in their shoes. Um, but Tamar is another one. Tamar is like, has turned out to be my favorite. And I'm like, this woman was insanely selfless. First of all, she cared more about preserving that bloodline than any anybody else in that family um, because she, she sacrificed so much and she suffered so much and she still did what was righteous. And even Judah, Judah says that, and you see Judah, even as a biblical character, he literally goes from selling his brother into slavery. And then we get this weird seeming detour in the, in the Joseph narrative into the Tamar story. And we're like, well, that was weird. And then the next thing we see is Judah's willing to give up his own life for his brother, which is a total character change. But the reason that story is placed in the Bible where it is, is to show that this woman called Judah into accountability and it changed his nature. Um, and like, so anyway, I'm like, I am team Tamar. I love Tamar. Um, so we have Rahab, who I love, love Rahab as well. And I think people are familiar with her story um, as well, broadly, but obviously like a prostitute. But she said, um, one of the lyrics in her song is, I'm better off in his hands than in any man's. Um, and like, yeah, I just love, love her. Um, I feel like I like know them. <laughs> no, I'm just putting time. But um, anyway, they're very real people to me. Obviously, Elizabeth and Mary. Um, Bathsheba um, is also one. That's a whole podcast, though. I won't even go into Bath right now. But <laughs> anyway, so that's the, the women. And then um, our like worship anthem over the whole project, because the hope is to do multiple series. So I've actually written... Um, a second series, which we haven't done anything with yet, but it's the, it's called seen face to face. And it's the women who came in contact with Jesus. Um, so to, you know, that's on the way sometime. Um, but the worship anthem over all of it, multiple series, hopefully, and um, the whole project is actually from the perspective of Hagar. And that's where the title of the project comes from seen. And that's our single that's out right now, which is I am seen. And tell us the story behind that song as much as you can. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, well, first of all, knowing that, you know, I wanted something that would, I, I love focusing on the women in the line, but I, I've, I've always known from the beginning that this was going to, going to be more. And whether it's like, even if 10 people know about it, whatever, it's just a, 
I'm just going to keep doing it and maybe people will be interested. We'll see. But um, I knew that I wanted a flagship kind of song, something that we could close every show with, something that churches can use if they want to use it. But um, the lyrics are, I have hope, I have relief, I have protection, I have peace, I am loved, I am redeemed, I am forgiven, I am seen. And it's simple, um, but it's important. And it's because of who you are, I am seen. Like, you're good and you see me. And it's so simple, but like people forget that they need to remember that, um, you know, but um, so it specifically comes from Hagar's story, who she was an Egyptian slave and um, Abram and Sarai, eventually Abraham and Sarah, she was an Egyptian slave in their house. Um, Sarai gave her to Abram to use sexually and she conceived and she had maybe an attitude about it because I don't know, you know, you don't know if she liked this situation or not, whatever. But um, so Sarah, Sarah goes to Abram and she says, it's your fault. This is your fault. And he's like, she's yours. Do whatever. So you can see in the language, they are not even, she's a, she's kind of like, she's property. She's clearly property to them. She is not a human being. She's something, she's a problem to be disposed of. She's not a person. And so Sarah treats her so badly to the point where a pregnant slave runs away to save her, basically running for her life. So you go, what was that situation? First of all, where you're going to run away into the wilderness pregnant. You're like, I I'm knowing you're probably going to die out there. And so it must have been terrible um, is what we can assume. Um, so again, biblical heroes, the Bible, we make them into heroes. The Bible does not. Um, and so she, she's running for her life and she basically collapses and God himself appears to her. The angel of the Lord appears to her and he says, where have you come from? Where are you going? And he knows, um, but she says, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. He tells her to go back, but it's not because he's cruel. It's because he's saying, you've seen me. I'm with you. You're going to be fine. You go back and it holds them accountable. It holds the people that I've called accountable to this. They're not getting away with it, essentially. Sorry, I'm preaching now. I'll chill. And so he, <laughs> he sends her back. Um, but before she goes back, she says, you, you are the God who sees me. I have been seen by the God who sees, and I have seen the God who sees. So she says, sees, seen a lot. Um, but she just has this revelation that changes her life, um, that there is a God who values me, even if these people, even if everybody, nobody else values me. She's been used. She's been abused. God steps in and says, that's not okay. I'm with you. I see you. I'm going to protect you. Like, that's real. That's so. awesome. It, and what a twisted position she's in. Okay. Um, not only, you know, the humans trying to fulfill what they knew they had a promise from God. Yes. All right, how do we get it? You know? Yeah. And that's yeah. where we make so many mistakes trying to to make it happen yeah. and then have the guilt and you know the consequences of that. God yeah. still comes through, which yeah. is amazing because he does keep his promise. He but the, the consequences of all of those choices and, yeah. and he, you're right, is is in the middle. But what a beautiful way to give attention to her mm. and to to um to have a song where where she is oh, what's the right word? Hmm. Where she she's honored, you know, yeah. for for her part in all of this. Mm. You that. have to wonder in heaven, do they get to, you know, all these unknowns? Do, I wonder how she would respond having this kind of um, attention to her situation. Mm -hmm. You know, often we brush her 
away, which it's so cool that you, that you mm-hmm. are giving her, you know, basically the theme, you know, mm-hmm. what a, what a place of honor for her to be able to have in what you're doing. That's really cool. Yeah. I I've definitely thought about that a couple of times, just like, I think it would make me, I, I can't think about that too much because right. I the then like the pressure kicks in, but I'm like, I'm just trying, <laughs> this isn't false humility. I really am just like trying to be faithful with what I feel like I'm being given. And, um, and I do see it bless people. And, you know, there's a Hagar in all of us, <laughs> like there's someone who wonders if they're valued at all or questions it, um, at least at some season of life. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's true for as true as it was for her, it's true for all of us. And I would say this about seeing broadly, like, yes, we focus on women and currently we focus on women, but it's about people. Um, and so it's not limited to women The the messages and the message in the, in the work isn't yeah. limited. Oh yeah. I think we all can benefit from, from digging a little deeper and from considering, you know, these stories and these women. Um, so how can people, get a hold of these songs. I know you've got a bunch of different ways to so take us through that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, right now we just have, um, we have, I am seen available wherever you listen to music, you can stream it, download it. Um, and then we have, we actually have our full length album available, but just on our website for now. Uh, and that's, um, scene collective.com and you can head to our shop. And if you want to digitally download everything you can. Um, and then we have a, our next single that we're streaming um, is Tamar and that'll be in a, a couple of weeks. So if you want to follow us on Spotify, that's probably the best way we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, yeah. And but we're also booking events right now too. So we love to take this to churches and different events. So that's um, seen at brewerhousemedia.com. And yeah, yeah. If you're interested in what it would look like to book us, we also do worship and teaching as well. Um, if that's uh, a need, um, but yeah, my husband, Ben, Ben and I, we started, um, a production company this year called Brewer House Media. And so he's our live event producer. He's obviously been there from the very beginning with everything. And so he's such a champion of it and just supports us in all the ways. And so yeah, Brewer House Media, it's like our flagship project is seen and hopefully we'll be doing more in the future too. So. Oh, I, I love the idea. And you, you can get a glimpse of what things might look like. Uh, on YouTube, follow Scene Collective there too. Um, you can watch Mariah singing that Tamar's song where you get to play the tambourine. Oh my word. I was so nervous about that tambourine. <laughs> so I'm like, I, that's amazing. Oh man, no, I, so I play the keyboard or I'll play the piano. Not even well, like I like to, I like to write. I get the bone structure of a song and then like I let better people than I flesh it out. Um, but I was like, I'll do it. I'll play the tambourine because we didn't have drums that year for that performance. That's hilarious. I have never thought so hard in my life. <laughs> tambourine, so there is, that is an instrument where there is a lot of pressure. Now I, spoiler yeah, alert. I, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Kristen nails it, does a very good job, uses it appropriately, which is one of the major <laughs> challenges when you have a tambourine. Rhythm and appropriateness, I feel like, because time, you know, you got to have the timing. Yeah. It just, you don't want it to be all tambourine. No, no. Yeah. You, you can go heavy handed with the tambourine. And if you watch the video, you will see my thinking face. I'm like, <laughs> I look angry. I'm not angry. I'm concentrating really hard. Yes. Yes. Well, you did a great job. I, I I have to admit, when I saw a tambourine in your hand, I went, where is this going to go? 
Because the tambourine can, it can take over or it can be perfect. And you did it right. So good job. You can add that to the list of things you do. Lyricist, writer, tambourinist. So because we, we have drums now, we're bringing drums with this. So okay. that, I don't think that'll be a need in the future. But if I have to, if I have to, I can. And we know that now. You should pack it just in case. <laughs> awesome. Great job on the tambourine. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Now I got to ask, when did you first play? Because you don't just go up and play a tambourine without having any prior experience. Well... <laughs> Does this go back to childhood? Did does no, sight sound have no, a special training? So, no, that's why I was so nervous because I had no, I had no stage tambourine experience, none, <laughs> zero. Wow. And so I knew we needed to have some percussion to that song, and I was like, we, we anyway, whole thing. But um, I mean, I I rehearsed it like we had a sound check, and I rehearsed it, and I just and but I was I would like practice and like pat my leg. <laughs> Well, and sh and you play like a, a a whole tambourine. I've seen like minis or have ones or like only have a few. No, it was a, like a it's yeah. the full thing. It was committed. Yeah. Wow, I think that says something about you. That's like putting you under pressure and really revealing your skill. So. I'm very impressed. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate this conversation because nobody knows how stressful that was, except for the other girls. They were, they were laughing at me. I wouldn't do it. If you asked, <laughs> if you asked almost any person, most people would say that they would never do that in front of people. Yeah. So. Well, I'm crazy. So there's that. No, I think, I think it's great. And I also think that the tambourine used appropriately, Tamar is probably a great song to do it on too. Oh yeah, for you know sure. I mean? If you're going to use it, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Oh, I can't wait for you. Yeah. The album version of this. So like, so scene in the line, that's the name of the album, but, um, our, uh, Aiden, uh, Aiden Davis helped produce it. And then, um, Gabriel Wilson was the other producer. So he did uh, you make me brave with Amanda Lindsay cook and tides with Bethel. And so he's actually, he's a friend of ours that we've collaborated with a few things on. And, um, so he was like, Hey, yeah, I'd love to produce this. Cause he came to see the show. Um, uh, one of these times when he was in town and so he was like yeah and so we went out to Oregon and we recorded but the way he brought I mean he brought so much to this music like just it was unreal I felt like I was sitting at the feet of this musical genius but um he brought out like the drums in the middle of the room like so you know you have your isolation booths and then like there was actually a, this really big common space in the middle of the studio and so they dragged the drums out of the, the booth, put it in the middle so that there was like a real crash, like especially in the bridge. And so anyway, the percussion on Tamar is always epic. And Gabriel like took it to the next level with this. Yeah. The guy who engineered the album too, he contributed, he was like a mad scientist, like cables and plugs and like do it like using so many, oh, I'm going to get all the terms wrong. I'm about to really embarrass myself because I don't know what I'm talking about fully. I'm not like a tech head. I'm not, I'm not great with that. Um, but anyway, he was, he was brilliant, but his name's Craig Alvin, uh, uh, Craig Alvin, um, and he won the, the Grammy for Casey Musgraves, um, golden hour. So he's for engineering and mixing. So he, like, we just like the Lord's favor on this has been in, insane, just if nothing else to have that experience and just see what, like what they bring outside of the tambourine to the music. Yeah. 
Anybody who brings the drums out from behind the plexiglass or the, whatever, whatever's containing the drums, yeah, you know, bring those out. You know, somebody's up to something. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, set it free. <laughs> yeah. That's dangerous too. Yeah. Well, I think it's so awesome. I cannot wait to see and hear more from Scene Collective. Um, get a hold of what you can for now and follow along at the website. I'll be linking some stuff in the description here so that you can get to Kristen and all this stuff easily. Um, but I just love the story so far. And what a great time, I think, also with the support of Bible coming to life mm. from like the chosen right now, yeah. um, what people can experience. I think there's a hunger as we're, um, Andy Bird said this cool thing lately about representing mm. the gospel, who Jesus is, the stories, as, as so many people in the generations coming up may not know these stories or have any background in this, which is hard for some of us who grew up in the church to believe, but that's the current scene. Yeah. And so what an opportunity. It, it is. It's a special time. And I think that when you realize, like, even like the Faithful Project that just came out recently, I was like, yeah, this is nuts. Like, and even like Shannon Bream, I think, has a book, Women of the Bible, that just came out. And I'm just like, we're not, nobody's talking to each other. You know what I mean? It's just the Lord putting similar messages on people's hearts, bringing it to the forefront. And, you know, he was, Jesus was always seeing women and bringing them to the forefront. He was always even to the point where he made people uncomfortable. Um, and he was like, nope, you have dignity and you have a seat at this table. Um, and like, and he's, I feel like in a way he's saying that again. Um, and it's just a really, yeah, it's a really special thing to be a part of. We always say that we hope that you leave an experience with seeing like knowing God better and wanting to know him more. And I feel like that's what so many of these other projects are doing. It's, it's so cool. Awesome. Yeah, he's up to something. If a bunch yeah. of people are, yeah, there's there's some messages here. So tap into it, learn from it, and follow along because as Kristen's saying, there's more that's on, you know, in the works and on the way. So yeah. Kristen, thank you for talking to me today. Love what you're up to. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This was so fun. I, I don't I like nerding out about it. So <laughs> I'll geek out about it anytime. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. Thank you. Big thanks to Kristen Brewer for joining me. Make sure to check out Scene Collective's music. There's songs that you can stream on Spotify. You can watch some videos on YouTube and check the website scene-collective.com for all the music and for booking because their performances really sound like something very special. Speaking of special performances, seeing a show like Queen Esther live on stage is amazing. Check site-sound.com for details and tickets. I also want to invite you to listen in Sunday mornings on WJTL for my praise and worship playlist, especially selected songs. Often I use themes. There's congregational favorites, new releases, and all kinds of songs we can really sing our heart out to, and songs that are making an impact, helping us to fix our eyes on Jesus and worship through the mountains and the valleys like Kristen and I were talking about just a little bit ago. Sunday mornings, 6 till 10, you can listen locally at FM 90.3 or anywhere on the planet. Yeah, you can use your smart speaker to give that command, play WJTL radio. You can also use our free app or stream us at WJTL.com. Thanks again for tuning in to the Praise and Worship podcast.